Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. I have a poem to share with you. This is from Donna Benjamin, who is making up for not being able to be here by sending us poetry to go with the talks. And this is called Groundhog Medicine. So many lessons to be learned from that rascal Punxsutawney Phil. First of all, he invites us to be part of Americana Extraordinaire. Who else goes all out to depend on a groundhog for a weather report? <laughs> and celebrate with tons of fans just waiting for his shadow status. Move over, apple pie and baseball. Phil's got you beat. He brings together folks from all over, showing up at Gobbler's Knob full of anticipation, and doesn't give a hoot about where they are from or what god they pray to, just as long as he is seen as a deity of weather prediction. He's cool. Hear what I'm saying? And that shadow, it has no color. It has no agenda. It just is. Can we focus on what just is? We are all one. We inhabit the same vehicle for expression, the human body and voice. Our blood bleeds. Our cells multiply. Let's get past this judgment of the outer facades. Phil just won't have it. Climber Freeze and Bill Murray both had their part in bringing this folklore forward. So, where were you at 7.25 a.m. on February 2nd? <laughs> Handling your shadow or running from it? How will you use it to bring about the changes you seek? Hide and burrow in a hole in the ground? or stand up and shout, I am here, and you are here, and we are here together. Let's push aside all the other stuff. Punxsutawney Phil wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so, groundhog medicine. The groundhog sees its shadow in the Americana tradition. Groundhogs themselves, I think, are probably not all that interested in shadows. <laughs> they also are probably not concerned with weather prediction, and even Punxsutawney Phil isn't very accurate with it. 35% is just <laughs> not that good. <laughs> but that's all right. If he saw his shadow, we know <laughs> there's more winter. Did you know, though, that that comes from an old tradition um, back, if you go back to the Celtic tradition, uh, Imbolc is the first day, not the first day of spring, but it's like that it's the turning. And so that's what is February 2nd. And they, um, the goddess Bridget would come, and she was a fertility goddess, and she would come to the houses and 
and the word imbolc, which who knows if I'm saying it right, that's the Celtic word, it meant in the belly. So it was a time, the lambing time, it was when birth was happening. And then that tradition from the Celts moved over to Germany and Germany celebrated instead of with lambs, with hedgehogs. And then it came to the Pennsylvania Dutch over here and we had Punxsutawney Phil. So. <laughs> Anyway, that's just, um, in the Celtic tradition, they lit candles because it was a time of fertility and you wanted to welcome in that life into your, into your family. And so Candlemas, if you remember that from Christian traditions, that's where that comes from. So it's all tied together. Groundhogs, however, are, if you look at their medicine, you, you decide what an animal medicine is by looking at the animal's behavior and what is it that they do, how do they, how do they operate in the world. And groundhogs are very communal animals. Yes, they do burrow underground into the belly of the earth, and, but they work together to accomplish whatever it is that they want to accomplish. So as a community, we really would <coughs> do well to take on groundhog medicine. They're not interested. They're not individualists. It's what works for the good of all is what works. So that's groundhog medicine. And then there's the Americana version with what happens if it sees its shadow. And if it sees its shadow, it goes running back into the burrow for another six weeks of winter. And this part actually also comes from the Celts because there was the old hag who ruled the winter. If she was in the mood to have it go longer, then she had a bright day so that she could see to gather the firewood to keep the fires going for the winter. Thank you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Ground, I like that. Groundhog Day. <clears throat> and who knows, Pogsatani Phil might even be female, you know. <laughs> yeah, Pogsatani Phyllis. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> When, when the groundhog sees its shadow, let's, let's talk about that. What happens when we see our shadow? What does the shadow look like? So the shadow, like my shadow, I can see it right here, and it looks like it's out there, that it's not part of me. And yet, clearly, it's part of me. It wouldn't exist without me. So when we look out in the world, we see other people, and they are our shadows and they appear to be separate. And if we don't like the way that they are being in the world, or the way they're looking in the world, or whatever it is we don't like, then they particularly seem other, right? Even the most enlightened of us have been known to point a finger or two, right? Because they seem unlike us, but if we truly believe what we say, that we are all one, then it's impossible for them to be other, even though their choices might be different than the choices that we are making. They are part of the one body that is us. 
whether they are humans or animals or whatever they may be, they are all a part of us. And when we look out there and see our shadow, we can hide from it. We can retreat. And then we are, as Bruce Lipton says, there's two modes that we have. And it's one or the other. We are in protection, which is great. If there's a bomb that actually is falling, it's great if you're in a fallout shelter. But the rest of the time, if you stay in your fallout shelter, in protection mode, you are not growing, which is the other option. It's one or the other. So there is, a, you know, as it says in the, the Bible, to everything there is a season. So there's a time for protection, but mostly we want to be growing and living and giving our gifts. And if every time we see a shadow, an illusion of something other, we move back in here to protect ourselves, we're not going to spend much time living and we're not going to be giving our gifts. And it's all based on the false premise that that shadow is not part of us. So instead, if we take that shadow and we say, what's in that for me? What is it about that that I can use? So moving from the shadow of the groundhog to the shadow that Peter Pan was looking for, because I just love taking stuff from everywhere and mashing it together. <laughs> Peter Pan went to the nursery looking for his shadow. He realized that there was something that was part of him that he was disconnected from, and he needed to go and find it. And what was there? The nursery represents the place of nurturing. Peter Pan was a lost boy, a boy that had been disconnected from family. And he was the de facto father of all these other lost boys. So he is going to the nursery because Wendy represents to him the possibility that there could be a mother. There could be somebody who would read me stories. And that was something he did not have. The nursery also represents domestication. If you've studied the Four Agreements, Ruiz talks about domestication being taught how it is that you have to be. And that was the part of the shadow that Peter Pan didn't want. He did not want to have to dress a certain way, go to school, sit at the table, and mind his manners. He didn't want any of that. But the thing that he did want drew him. And so he came anyway. So for each of us, there is something in the shadow something that maybe we don't want, but something that we need. So it may be, I think about a person in my life that lied, lied a lot. And that was really hard for me to deal with because I don't like lying. I don't want to lie. I had a lot of judgment about this person. I didn't want to get too close. 
And yet if I look at that and I say, what's the medicine in there for me? And I realize that the ability to recognize that, well, maybe I don't always tell the truth. I don't flat out lie, but I don't speak up and say the thing that I need to say because I'm afraid of conflict. And so I can look at that shadow and use it as a mirror to help me realize I, I don't want to move all the way over here to start lying, but I want to look at it as what can I learn from that? Somebody who is, you know, just bold and out there and never shuts up and, you know, is just rah! I might have judgment about that too. Because I grew up being taught, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything. And so it's a challenge for me, but I need some of that medicine because there are times you have to say, stop. There are times you have to say, you don't get to do that to me. And if you don't have a voice because you have to be nice, then you're in trouble. So the shadow that's out there offers medicine. Maybe it's like homeopathy. You just need a little bit of it. You don't need the whole full-on <laughs> lie and be bold and you know a loud mouth and all of that. I mean, maybe sometimes you do, but <laughs> generally speaking, the stuff out there that we're repelled from, we don't have to go all that way with it. We just have to recognize that there's something in that for me. And when we do that, we integrate. We become more of who we are. When we sang that song this morning, holy, 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 um, note to the sound, I mean the slide people, we need to change that to W-H-O-L-L-Y. That's what holy really means. Holy, 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 holy. Nothing out there that is other. It's all part of me and it's all good. And when we do that, we step into a place of a higher version of love because nothing is being left out. And that's what we are here to do. So even though Groundhog Day technically was yesterday, I invite you all this week to really pay attention to where are the shadows and how can you bring them in so that we all get to embody this higher love together. <laughs>